Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. I am here with my buddy, Bro. And I am Kerwin. And uh, this is episode 76, and we're recording what, April 3rd. Wow, already it's April. We're um, about 10 days late yeah. because of scheduling issues. But you know what's interesting, though? We're, we're, we're also coming up on our anniversary. I think when was that by the when is April that? April 24th. You're kidding me. <laughs> no. Really? Okay. April 24th. Yeah. Wow. So, it's been a year. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. So what do you have for your background? Um, I have an old picture actually of a KLM MD eleven. I think it was taking off from Curacao somewhere in yeah. the Caribbean. Oh, they were on the other side. Huh, neat. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we'll never ever see an MD11 from them taking off there ever again, right? Um, yep. And I have a picture of the, I think it's the Finnish Opera. Uh, it's not Opera House, it's a National Theater, I think, in, in Finland. Because um, we have a story about Finland coming up, or Finnair coming up. In Helsinki, right? I'm yeah, assuming. this is in Helsinki, yeah. and it was during, I, I it was in the, it was during the winter when I when I had gone. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I can't. But well, you you were on this trip with me when we went. I I can't remember. Don't remember. I think so. I think we were there together once. I think so too. But... Yeah, a long time ago. But um, so yeah, just showing you a different part of I'm going through my old hard drives and pulling up all these old pictures. I'm like, oh, I'll do that one. Um, all right, so lots been going on. Um, I guess the first thing we'll talk about is uh, the CDC came out with an update yesterday um, talking about traveling. CDC, of course, is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention here in the U.S. Yes. So these are kind of the guys that said... I guess we should explain that, right, for any foreign um, listeners? Dude, if you're alive and you don't know who the CDC is, oh, come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, you in, just cut out. How would someone outside the U.S. know what the CDC or who the CDC is? Is, right? Well, because they're they're actually the place that takes care of this worldwide. They are based in the United States, but they take care of it worldwide. Do they really? Uh huh. Yeah. So they set up all the oh, okay. yeah they set up all the rules and the regulations and all that kind of stuff. Um, and worldwide? A, Don't other countries have their own? Okay, I know we're getting hopelessly sidetracked yeah. again. No, no, no. Hopeless sidetrack is good. No, I don't think. I mean, I would think other countries do something. But um, I mean, that's why they're the center for the disease control. I mean, okay, yeah, they have all that. They have all the data and all the stuff that comes out. Um, I don't. I would never want to go into one of their labs because they probably have some really bad things in their labs. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, because I guess they're testing stuff and trying to figure things out. But that's the place. It's based in Atlanta. And they, they normally, um, I mean, I guess, of course, the, the U.S. jurisdiction, but they've come out and said, um, I, should probably, I, should, I should probably read the exact thing that they say. But it's safe for fully vaccinated travelers 
to fly. But the thing is, they never specified what the exact definition of a fully vaccinated yes, passenger is. No, they have not. Yes, not in have. public uh, TV broadcasts. No, 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 they have. Um, uh, hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it for you. So, a fully vaccinated person, and this is actually on the CDC.gov website. Okay, who goes to that? Uh, Which average person goes to that? Well, but if you want to find the definition, you have to. <laughs> and I did a story on it yesterday, and I actually linked to it. So it says, um, people are considered fully vaccinated two weeks after their second dose. Exactly. That's what they should have specified on the news. At least uh, well, 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 they have a link to it. So, so here's the thing. And I saw, I know exactly what you're talking about too, right? I, I heard a lot of people um quoting it and putting it in the news and stuff like that and they're not explaining what fully vaccinated exactly is. Um, and you would and think so, they would know all these cbs nbc abc cnn they so people, don't specify because that's the piece of the news that nobody cares about right but it's really important though it's very important <laughs> um because because wait so it's so it's not done so it's two weeks after your second dose in a two-dose series if you're taking pfizer or Moderna or AstraZeneca, which, but it's really, they didn't, they didn't mention AstraZeneca in here, it just says Pfizer or Moderna, because I think it's different for AstraZeneca, but um, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. So see, AstraZeneca say, hasn't been approved here yet. Uh, yet, right. So this says it's two weeks after a single dose vaccine, such as Johnson & Johnson, Janssen vaccine, which is the only single dose that we have. Yeah. Now, this is quite interesting, right? Because this only talks about Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. So apparently, if you have anything else, they don't really care. <laughs> to see this is not really the CDC for the world. <laughs> oh, oh, but it is. But come, dude, you know how this works. <laughs> like, what, you, you, If it doesn't belong in the US, no one cares. You expect to see the Russian and the Chinese vaccine? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or the Indian said, one. Even AstraZeneca, right? And the and one Cuban thing, one. Oh, the Cuban, exactly. And one thing to remember is that uh, the, these three vaccines, they've been approved for um, uh, what's the emergency use is what it is. Yeah, yeah. So they're, not, they're not approved as normal drugs are approved. But all um, of them, I mean, even AstraZeneca is mm -hmm. going to be approved on the emergency So they're all uh, under the, the thing. So if you've taken one of those vaccines um, or the two, final shot and you have to wait two weeks at two least. weeks after the final shot and for uh, Johnson & Johnson it's only one shot so you only wait two weeks after um, then you're fully vaccinated so if you're fully vaccinated then you can do all this stuff <gasps> It says, um, um, because they, what the studies they have have shown that the fully vaccinated travelers are less likely to get and spread COVID-19. So people are fully vaccinated with an FDA authorized vaccine can travel safely within the United States. Fully vaccinated travelers do not need to get tested before or after travel unless their destination requires it. Um, this means that if you are going to somewhere in the US, and they require you to get vaccinated or abroad or tested. Uh, well, this is just domestic US is talking about. Okay. Um, 
first. And then it says fully vaccinated travelers do not need to self-quarantine because some states do have self-quarantine. But you still have to wear a mask. Yes. So fully vaccinated travelers should still follow CDC's recommendations for traveling safely, including wear a mask over your nose and mouth. And yesterday I was out and I saw people just wearing it over their bottom lip, which is a real new one for me. Uh, Stay six feet from others and avoid crowds. Watch your hands often or use hand sanitizer. International travel. Uh, Pay close attention to the situation at your international destination before traveling outside the US. So what that means is you should still go to the website and check and see uh, what is it that that destination requires. So if that destination requires you to take a um, take a COVID test, you're gonna have to take it whether you're vaccinated or not because that's the requirement of the destination. So and we should also mention that all non-essential travel is discouraged. But um, that clearly so is not. It, it is, but in, 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 interestingly enough, um, this part of it didn't say that. Um, but when you go to the, um, if you're in the US and you go to travel.state.gov, or if you actually go to your country's website that talks about COVID, they will all say that essential travel, only essential travel should be done. Um, but then it says, you do not need to get tested before leaving the United States unless your destination requires it. Uh, mm-hmm. you, but still you still need, need it before you return to the US. Yes. Um, well. Yeah, you do. You need to have a negative PCR uh, test before you return to the US. Okay, yes. That I know. You still need to show a negative test result or documentation of recovery from COVID-19 before boarding a flight to the US. You should still get tested three to five days after international travel, and you do not need to self-quarantine after arriving in the U.S. So those are the details on the domestic and the international side. But it's a big change, though. It is um, because, you know, they're getting more, um, more, I guess, results or more. um, Air travel is becoming more normalized. Um, But. Uh, that doesn't mean people need to go crazy. They still need to check the requirements of wherever you need to go. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, well, you know, I can I can bring the horse to water, but I can't make them drink it, Kusha. <laughs> uh, when they're thirsty, they'll drink it. But for now, I don't know if they're thirsty enough. Um, so that's what we have from the CDC. And we just report the news. We don't make the news. <laughs> Our next story, uh, our next update we had is that we've been talking about two Canadian airlines trying to get together. This has been going on since 2019. And yesterday there was news. What happened? So this is between Air Canada and Air Transat. Mm-hmm. Um, Air Transat is a much, much smaller, uh, very leisure destination focused airline. Um, and uh, Air Canada essentially bought them, took them over um, in 2020. And they would be a separate unit within Air Canada and distinct from Air Canada Rouge, which is the Air Canada equivalent of uh, uh, Air Transat. Mm -hmm. And um, they needed antitrust approval from uh, the Canadians and also from the Europeans. 
So I and never got why they needed it from the Europeans. Because Air Transat and Air Canada Rouge, they fly to European uh, destination and Air Canada as well. So from the you entire have... EU? So that means they can fly to the UK. <laughs> so yes, they can. It's the same reason why um, the Asiana and Korean Air uh, deal has been put on hold, but I'm getting ahead of myself. That's all right. So very surprisingly, according to Air Canada, um, who had apparently resigned themselves to the de deal failing, but the Canadian government came through and approved the merger. Okay. Despite the objections of WestJet, which is the other Canadian competitor, the, the, yeah. the equivalent Canadian competitor. But the European Union said no. So that essentially scuppered the deal. And um, uh, was it yesterday or day before yesterday? when they officially divorced and uh, Air Canada actually had to pay Air Transat. Uh, all those weird clause that they usually Yes, yeah. it wasn't like hundreds of millions. It was like, I think between 10 and 15 million yeah. Canadian dollars. Um, That's the poison pill thing. Is that what they call it or something like that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. So um, uh, Air Transat is single and ready to mingle. Again, now I don't know if WestJet will make a play for them or not, but they're just going to crumble. No, I don't think so. Yeah, they're just going to crumble, and then someone's going to buy the assets at the end, and then those EU people are going to be like, "Oh, okay," because now they can't stop it because it's you're buying, yeah, you're buying something that's not worth anything. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, Air Transat's in trouble, um, as is actually most uh, non-state airlines they don't have the support and the traffic to sustain their revenues yeah that's just a shame so well WestJet's happy so <laughs> yeah but yeah so, I, I, just, I don't think and then um on a related note a few weeks was it months ago that we talked about korean air taking over asiana in south korea yeah we've been talking about and, a little bit right yeah they needed approval from um, I believe it was 14 countries where um, um, the two airlines flew. Yeah. And I think the important ones have withheld um, their approval as of now. So instead of the deal being consummated, as it were, by the end of 2021, uh, Korean Air has now stated that um, the... Uh, Limit the deadline has been extended to 2024 to try and convince um, these other countries that this is actually a good move because they still have to decide how to merge all the the LCCs that Korean Air and uh, um, Asiana operate within South Korea. So all that gave rise to a lot of anti-competitive uh, sentiment among the different countries involved. Uh, no. But how did they not estimate that? How did well, they not anticipate? You know, I think sometimes they do, but they, um, you want to see if you can get away with it anyway. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and if you can, why not? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, um, so, wow. Okay. So that means. We will still see Asiana yeah. as a distinct airline for at least the next two years. So that takes care of all the um, all the fuss about 
uh, uh, what was it? One World and Star. I'm sorry. Yes. United. Because it's a big deal, though, this Asiana thing. Because remember, United has a pretty tight relationship with Asiana. Yeah. Because they're using Seoul as a sort of a stopping point for flights into, let's say, Hong Kong. So <laughs> with the U.S. withholding approval of the merger, they figured that United, they would, the U.S. would consider United's interests in It's preventing the merger. So it's all political, big surprise. And uh, uh, there's a lot of people and a lot of money involved, of course. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it makes you wonder about um, what's going on in the, back, in the back end of all that. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know that happens, right? I mean, we, we, we know that happens. It's, it's how it is. So yep. there's politics in everything. When it comes to aviation, there's no, um, yeah, there's just no, um, there's, yeah, it's always there. So. Um, all right, cool. So the other thing that we had, since we just mentioned Sky Team and um, Star, is One World uh, now has 14 members, I think. Yeah. And that's because Alaska Airlines joined um, them. So um, I, I, someone was saying that one of the things I read is something about uh, a lot, uh, this, this is like a rebirth of the alliances. I'm like, eh, <laughs> not really. But if you look at the One World map, uh -huh. with now Alaska added, there's this whole other set of uh, cities that are included now in the One World uh, uh, group. Yeah. Most of them in Alaska that most people will never travel to. But I still think it's like, these are fascinating little towns in Alaska. They How many people go there is another matter. But... Uh, I still need to, I still need to visit, because um, you know, Alaska, is it the milk run it's called? They wonder, it starts up in, um, I think it goes from Juneau and it makes like five stops all the way down to Anchorage. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, it's called the milk run. Um, I think it's, I think the flight number is you know, 165 or something like that, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Yeah, Alaska is is a is a pretty good partner for them. But then, they already were in bed with Americans. So if you were in one world, yeah. you had American had co-chair, and they had just threatened the co-chair recently. Yeah, but the thing is, Alaska also has deals with like Emirates. Yes. They so what do. happens there? Is that um, going to be cut back? No, I think what happens is uh, a lot of these in 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 these mega. Uh, online, what do you call it, alliance relationships, you're allowed to keep the partners you already had before. Okay, it's um, all very incestuous and very confusing, yeah. but so they're like, you keep them before. All of them do it. How you earn miles is very different. And yeah, they'll change yeah. some of them and they'll probably get rid of some of them. But um, it's like Singapore has partners with non Star Alliance members. Yeah, but everyone does though, right? Yeah, yeah they all, because they're founding partners of. Star Alliance have alliances with different. Well, I mean, United still had a thing with Aer Lingus. Yeah. <laughs> And they've had that forever. Matter of fact, they used to have an Aer Lingus that it was a wet lease, it was. It was like. I Washington. remember that. It was yes. Like $1,000 to Dublin or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Was it A330? Yeah, it was like, a, it was like the weirdest thing ever. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, airline, my God, I haven't heard of that for years. See, I actually flew that. <laughs> uh, it was, it, it went, yeah, it, you're right. Thing. It was a United thing. I think as soon as the merger was announced, I'm like, oh, I need to go fly this flight before it goes away. <laughs> um, so th- so yeah. they have all these odd relationships um, that, are, that are out there. And now Aer Lingus um, is planning to start flights from Manchester in the UK to the US. Oh, that's interesting. But that's not, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, because so, they need different permits because they're not EU anymore. <laughs> well, not really, right? Well, the, yeah, it, no, it's, it's a different, the, it's not a part yeah, of the No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand yeah. that. But the US, is, the EU is not really involved, right? Well, no. Well, I guess it would be because it's on the Aer Lingus side from Ireland. Um, but then, oh, that's right. But that's why they've incorporated in uh, Manchester in the UK. Yeah, it's so just like North Atlantic Airways, right? Because yeah. Norway is not too happy. The, they've all done the incorporation on the yep. UK side because if they didn't, this whole Brexit thing, uh, you people with me wouldn't be able to fly. So they had to yeah. go all that kind of stuff to make it work in the background. This is stuff that people don't think about. Um, yep. Yeah, so new, new. so what, 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 what does that mean if you're in the US? Um, now you have two One World carriers, which is American Airlines and uh, Alaska Airlines, and you can get miles and, you know, they already had a relationship there, but it means that now um, you now have, what, 13, 12, 12 other airlines that you can, uh, get miles on when you fly on Alaska and you can choose whichever one. And, and it also strengthens Americans West Coast, US, um, right? Yeah. Because Seattle is, and Portland are, uh, and San Francisco are huge hubs for um, Alaska. Yeah, and it gives the, the, uh, the mileage, is it mileage? It's called mileage plus, not mileage plus, mileage something. Um, um, I, I forget the name of it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those Alaska members now have a, um, an opportunity that they can fly to a lot more places. Um, yeah. Because you know they've they've got what they've got Finnair, they've got Royal Jordanian, they've got S seven Airlines. Um, trying to think of the other ones. Um, so they have they have quite a bit more flying that they can mileage plan. Mileage plan. There we go. Mileage plus is United. Which was yeah. used to be called One Pass. I tell you, long story there. Um, and we have one more update. Um, ANA. Um, In fact, I think we talked podcast. about this the last time, did we not? Yes, I think that was in episode seventy-five. Yeah. So um, this was um, ANA taking a page out of the Singapore Airlines playbook. Um, because remember, we again we had spoken about this months ago. Yeah. Where SQ turned uh, uh, two Airbus 380s that were grounded in Singapore into dining halls, essentially, and opened their first and business class um, cabins into dining areas and mm-hmm. got a lot of people to pay exorbitant amounts of money to have the privilege of eating on board an A380. So um, ANA surprisingly did not do that with their two A380s, but they did it with a 777-300ER at Oneida. And they had their first date 
on the 31st of March, which was um, earlier this week, um, that was a huge resounding success. Um, as expected. As expected, yeah, because it had sold out in minutes. They got 56 uh, people on board. And what I found quite amazing is that people paid upwards of 500 US dollars for a first class meal yeah. on board a, a 777. The business class menu was I think around 250 uh, US dollars. And the demand has been so overwhelming that ANA added several more dates in April and they sold out as well. Yeah, why are you surprised, Gusha? $500 for a one meal? Well, I think you're looking at it as a meal. It's an experience. Or yes, it's an experience. I grant it. People grunted. have not been flying. And so this is just a way for them to do something. So that's why. I know. And, and I don't know any of these people who uh, need to be invited. Look, they ha- they're not going anywhere. They have all this money that they haven't spent for the last year. And these are probably the same. I still think it's incredible. Yeah, incredible. I I, and and I, I, it makes sense that it's sold out. And they're all, anytime, I mean, you, you haven't seen, none of these airlines have done these and lost money in it. Apparently not, right? If others mm-hmm. keep mimicking that. Well, it's, it's, but it's that people love to travel. I mean, have you been yeah. on YouTube and watch all these videos of people talking about flying in first class? No. People love that. People love that stuff. And so if you can get the first class experience without paying the first class price, you're good. I'm with Apparently that. so. Yeah, I'm I think you. it's wonderful. Wonderful. If I had the money, I'd definitely do it. Um, so. All right. So those are the updates that we have. Yep. And uh, all right, so we're going to jump into what we had for this week. Um, all right, so from the airline standpoint, Southwest Airlines is in the news. Um, so what did we know all along about Southwest that they finally confirmed? So this was not a surprise, really. Uh-huh. But um, Southwest did what it never did before, is that it... Funny. <laughs> well, that too. But it toyed with the prospect of moving away from Boeing as an aircraft supplier Hmm. because they, the CEO, um, made a point, I think very deliberately, of noting that the Airbus 220, which is the um, new name for the old Bombardier CS series, was a great aircraft, um, which I'm sure was no mistake or no slip of the tongue. Uh, because they wanted to extract the best possible deal out of Boeing. Now, uh, Southwest, I didn't realize this, but they have 462 737-700 series aircraft. This is the um, stubbier version of the 737-800 aircraft. So it's a smaller aircraft, but with a longer range. Mm -hmm. So they needed to replace them because a lot of them are getting a bit long in the tooth. And Boeing had the 737-7 MAX 7 aircraft that only WestJet had ordered. So it was floundering a little bit. Yeah. And um, no surprise, but Southwest, after months, after weeks of rumors, they finally um, pulled the trigger and announced, formally announced the order 
for 100 of the max seven with options for <clears throat> another 155. Makes sense. You know, makes sense. Yeah. They, Even though not... they have that many uh, dash 700s in their fleet, I'm sure they will top this up. But what I thought was interesting is that uh, they converted, I believe, 70 max eight orders to the max seven. Okay. So, um, Southwest. Change again. The, <laughs> yeah. But for most people outside the US, Southwest has been a very, very loyal Boeing uh, customer. In fact, they only fly Boeing 737s for 50 years now since their inception. Yeah. And um, the surprising part is that they expect um, uh, 28 um, new Max 8 orders this year, and they expect 30 of these brand new uh, Max 7s in 2022. Mm. So Boeing really, really needed customers for these uh, delivery slots for the Max 7, which has not done very well at all. Yes. Now it's to be seen whether the Southwest order does anything to boost the sales of the Max 7. Yeah. But uh, time will tell because Southwest was, has been the launch customer for the Dash 300 of the 737, the Dash 500, the Dash 700, and the Max 8. So it was, again, not a big surprise that they went with uh, Boeing again. Yeah. I mean, that was a given. I, I would never expect them to leave. So they just got a good, a super yeah. good deal. Yep. And gave the yep. aviation community something to talk about. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would never expect them to leave. I mean, it's, it's okay. like, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, the, it's but, like Alaska. Uh, they got rid of those. Uh, they, they had the, I'm pretty sure they got rid of most of them, not all of the 320s, uh, the Airbus already, right? Most of them, not all of them. Yeah. So they just get those as quickly America. as they can. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so funny when the airlines do the mergers. I'm like, yeah, of course you're going to get rid of those planes. We know you're going to get rid of those planes. Duh. Yeah, no. that makes all the sense in the world. I'm pretty sure if United could, um, because Continental is a United only. I mean, a Boeing only. Was and so, right. yeah. And so if they could have jettisoned all those Airbuses, they would have. But alas, Remember, Continental did fly the Airbus 300, right? They had a pretty bad experience with it. Yeah, that was so long ago, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah, someone just flew an A300 from like one of the like, uh, Iranian. Yeah. No, it was Afghan. airlines. Afghan. Oh, Afghan. Okay, yeah. yeah. Do they still have those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, what's it? Josh flew it. I don't know. I, I can't remember if it was. Um, he just debuted it. So I don't know. It might have been last year that he flew it. Okay. I think Indian Airlines donated one of their A300s to Ariana, if I remember correct. Yeah, I know the US hasn't flown any since the tail fell off of the one. In, um, Except for UPS, right? JFK. Uh, yeah, so cargo, but I guess in passenger, passenger side. It, American and didn't Delta fly it? Oh, no, they did the 310. Uh, Delta had the 310. I remember taking a flight when I used to work for them from... And of course, Continental. Yeah, from JFK to... And Pan Am, right? Uh, yes, yeah. So that was the state so, A300. Yeah. Hmm. 
All right. Yeah. Dude, South Perth is never leaving. You know how much money it would cost him to switch? Yeah. Not, they're not going anywhere. Um, so JetBlue, what's going on with JetBlue? So again, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about JetBlue and its aspirations to be um, sort of like an enterprise company and not just an airline. So they announced on the 25th of March, uh, Paisley. Now, I'm not entirely clear of how Paisley differs from JetBlue Vacations, so, but I just want to mention it. So I went looking for Paisley because they've specifically marketed it as Paisley, P-A-I-S-L-Y, not with an E. Uh, so um, Park? <laughs> no, it's not. So um, according to JetBlue, the name is, is, is inspired by the differences among Paisley patterns. So this Paisley, um, for those of you interested, is sort of like, um, it's like a, a Sri Lanka shaped uh, or a comma shaped design that comes in various colors um, and um, minor adjusted formats, but it symbolizes how travel suggestions on Paisley are unique to each customer and their needs. So let me back up a little bit. What is Paisley? So it is a travel app or a travel portal, I should say, that is not a standalone portal. You have to have a JetBlue PNR, a passenger name record, before you can access it. Because if you type in paisley.com, you get nothing related to JetBlue. But when you go to the JetBlue site, you see Paisley there. And before you can access it, um, as I said, you have to have a JetBlue booking. So what does it do? Uh, it helps customers who purchase a JetBlue flight finish booking the rest of their travel itinerary. Um, so it uses the flight information that you have booked to make targeted suggestions, as they say, for travel companies like hotel stays and car rentals. Um, and theme parks. So they have started out with uh, the Avis Budget Group, car rentals, Walt Disney World Resorts, and Universe, Universal Orlando. Um, and they plan to add other um, uh, hotels and vacation rentals and uh, um, activities and retail purchases and more to come later. Um, you, this is JetBlue frequent flyers, um, can earn one point per, uh, eligible dollar spent and you get a hundred points per day. If you, um, use a car rental, uh, 200 for the elites on true blue. And again, what I'm confused about is what happens to JetBlue vacations, which really offers there. something equivalent. So I'm not clear of the difference now between Paisley and JetBlue Vacations, even though they say the two will be complementary, yeah. offering deals on um, bundled vacations with the best price guarantee. Okay. I mean, what so, JetBlue Vacation is just normally... Um, hotels. The, uh, yeah, it, it, it's normally combined. So you can buy, uh, uh, you can buy air... air air ground and hotels together 
uh, or whatever the combinations is. Um, the difference is minor, right? Aren't you cannibalizing one? Um, no, they're just trying to be upscale. I, I, it, it sounds like that's all they're trying to do. Uh, As I said, I wanted to see what the Paisley um, update was like, but you can't unless you have. Yeah, so it's just another way for them to upsell you and manage your, manage your reservations. Right, so, and of course, um, this of course will get your goat. They've promised not to share your information unless you make a booking or a purchase. But of course you have to share your information, right? If you're renting a car and a hotel yeah, or going to a resort. Yeah, they have to say that because um, they yeah. are, you know, all of the laws. They'll just they'll just pre-check the box for you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like whatever. They're just creating. Um, so the question is now, what happened to the JetBlue app? It should be included, right? Because it's going to come on the app initially. It's well, but if I don't get it unless I have a JetBlue reservations, right? Where do I book my initial reservation? I have to use the app or, or the website. Right. That's correct. Yeah. So this basically is coming to the JetBlue app, but it's I believe it's not there yet. Oh. It's only on their website, which makes sense, right? It's not, so it's not really an app for your phone. No, it's not. It's just a the JetBlue app. This is distinct. There, there with, to my to the best of my knowledge to date. There is no specific distinct Paisley app. It's a separate hyperlink within the JetBlue website. Right, so as it's, of now. it's just another way for them to upsell you. And yeah. they call it something nice because it's JetBlue. They, they actually, the guy who, I looked up the guy who designed, does their design and stuff for them. Uh, I mean, they basically made this guy probably a billionaire. <laughs> He's the one that designed the look and feel of everything and um, okay. the sheet, the pillows, all that. Um, JetBlue has done a great job at managing its public image, don't you think, in the US at least, when yeah, most people they, hate airlines? They have. Um, I mean, I've flown them and I've always had a good experience. I've never had a bad experience. With yeah. Them. Um, have you had a bad experience on other airlines? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> many many okay. yeah i've had my interesting uh, like you know i was at one one major european carrier and um they wouldn't at an eight hour time difference between my flights huh. and they wouldn't book me on the earlier one and they had room and i was uh uh, gold member in the freaking flyer thing. So I had all the things that needed to be done and they wouldn't do it. And they had me, they, they, I was in the lounge and then they go, you need to go talk to somebody. And I talked to somebody in the lounge. Then they say, you need to go talk to an agent at the gate. So I went to the gate, agent at the gate said, why are you here? I said, well, I know your flight's departing. And I spoke to someone in the lounge and they said to come talk to you. And they're like, no, you need to call a reservation. Then I call reservation, a reservation that, where are you? I'm like, I'm at the airport. They're like, then why are you calling me? Go talk to an agent at the thing. And I said, I already did. And they said to call you. So, and this is a really good airline, really good stuff in flight, but on the ground, they suck. Maybe you needed to be a higher 
elite member? I don't know. Uh, no, they just need to be because their own people on the phone were saying, "Why are you calling me?" They're like, "You don't need to call me. They can take care of it to the airport. It's standard, right? I mean, airlines move people to other flights." Yeah. But it was fine. I just spent eight hours on the ground and enjoyed the lounge. Um, so yeah, I've I've had maybe one day I should talk about all the crappy experiences I've had in airlines because I love airlines and I love the airline business. But sometimes you go and you're like, "Why is it so difficult?" You know. Um, so yeah. So, but JetBlue has been good. I don't think I've I've not had any bad experiences on JetBlue. Uh, every time I've flown them, they've been good. Um, and I flew them was it 2019? I flew them quite a bit at least. I did at least three flights with them. Which for me, didn't you once buy one of those unlimited things that they offered in the fall? I did. Yeah, yeah. And I was hoping they would do it again. It was the all you can jet. And yeah, uh, I remember that. Years back, and you could basically you bought this this. You paid. I forget how much it was. You paid for the month, and you could fly anywhere JetBlue flies. But I was working, so I could only fly on weekends. So I would leave like Friday night and I'd fly, 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 fly and come back on Sunday. And I'd, I went to like Puerto Rico because I hadn't done a, a bunch of places in Puerto Rico because much to the chagrin of many, San Juan is not the only place in Puerto Rico. There's <laughs> like Aguadilla and stuff up, up the other side. And so I did that. And then I went to like, I hadn't done Richmond and uh, I didn't do some upstate cities and JetBlue did all those. So I did, I did a lot of those. So they're not bad. I mean, I've not had a bad experience on, on JetBlue. Uh, I, oh. I still think that they shouldn't be going to, I haven't flown Mint yet. So I'm going to try Mint at some point. I do think they should not be going to Europe, but that's a whole other story. Well, they just got <laughs> slots at London Heathrow. Oh, I thought they were going to go to a cheaper airport. Nope. Whatever. Well, they haven't decided yet. They haven't decided. Yeah. If they're going to do a combination of flights to Gatwick um, and or Stansted and or Luton and or Heathrow. No, but they've got does. Heathrow slots. Nobody does that. If because it's gonna make it expensive if, if exactly, they go into Heathrow. If they wanted slots at any other any other ones, they could have gotten them. But they wanted Heathrow. But no, they do have slots at other airports. Uh, well they well, do. Then why don't they use them? Well, they haven't made an announcement yet. Well, exactly it's hard to get. It's not yeah, it's they they're strategic they're very very smart they're very very strategic they know exactly what they're doing but you can't fault them for that can you no i can't i won't fault them for that yeah because they're flying this uh this brand new the um xlr the 321 xlr with this new mint cabin Mm -hmm. so they need business traffic and that typically goes into heathrow and not gatwick which is more leisure focused did they hear the news flash about business traffic I'm just saying. Yeah, but <laughs> I think it's a bad. Yeah. Move. I mean, granted, when they decided there was no COVID inside. Um, yes. And airlines are they? They're they're the worst to say. Oh my God, we made a bad we made a bad decision. Let's let's delay it, because you know they put a lot of stuff into 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 position, and you have to buy these slots. Yeah, but they have delayed it for a year. But I'm surprised they're still going to go ahead. Right. In the not too dear distant future, yeah. though. Exactly. So I'm looking for the cheap fares, and when I find one, I'll buy one. <laughs> and I'll go. I'm gonna take advantage of it. I'm not stupid. But <laughs> it'll be quite so. So no, I have nothing to say bad about JetBlue. I've actually had really good experiences with them. Um, yeah, and good luck to them trying to go across the Atlantic because you know it's tough. Look, 
EOS, you remember EOS? Yes. Uh, they tried it, it didn't work. What was the other one also? Um, this the British Airways one? Oh. Uh, the one from Paris Audi. Yeah, because they, they folded into... Um, yeah. Into... Oh, I, oh, God, I can't remember the name of that one. But that one is um, moved. <laughs> yeah. It's, skies, it's, open skies. Open, yeah, open skies. It's really very difficult. I mean, there's even... Um, there's another one that they just did. What's the purple one? I can't believe it. I, I actually wrote an article about all these plans. So if you go to cruisingout2.com, mm. you can find, I probably put a link in here about all these. I remember there were two business class only aircraft, airlines, right? That flew into Newark at least. Um, yeah. There was EOS and another one. Uh, ah. Well, I guess Open Skies is the other one because Open Skies- No, is- it was another one. Was there? Yeah. Well, I knew, I knew Lufthansa did a private air thing as well. No, that was different. Um, that was the Swiss one. The Swiss airline, the 737s. Um, but anyway. I can't think of who it is. But yeah, it's the transatlantic market is very, very tough. And I don't know why these airlines... And it's saturated. We keep saying that. It's tough and it's saturated. Um, and it's very, very difficult to compete. So I'm like, whatever. Uh, I wish them good luck, but I think it's a bad decision. And it's like, I'm the only one who's saying that. They were like, what are you crazy? I'm like, well, because, you know, when you've been in the industry long enough, you know what, what works and, and what's ego. <laughs> um, all right. So we did. Uh, oh, dude, it's a really long episode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, when you get on a plane these days, days there's something called an IFE which we know is IFE you just know that's a TV in the back of your plane um, but it's called in-flight entertainment and there is actually a lot of decisions that go into that and a lot of deals so Kush is going to tell you what's going on with American and um, and I'll add some insight too so go ahead Kusha. so this was an incredibly interesting article mm-hmm. written by the points guy I forget what his name is. I want to say it's Zach, Brian? but maybe not. O'Brien, okay. Uh, so this was an, on the 20th of March. Um, and he described how he was given like almost an exclusive look behind the scenes at how American Airlines decides what to offer in its um, in-flight entertainment selection of movies and TV shows and uh, documentaries and whatever else. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, it wasn't really a surprise, um, but it just the whole mechanism of how to get things on board aircraft in time, I found to be very, very fascinating. So for instance, in mid-March, um, American was almost uh, ready to present or to have its June IFE offerings uh, ready. Mm-hmm. So what they do, is that um, months ahead of release on board the aircraft, um, American uh, coordinates with this company called SPAFAX, which I'm assuming is pronounced as SPAFAX, mm-hmm. which is an external content consultant. They do a lot of work for airlines. And this company does uh, what they call a major pre-screen 
um, of all offerings in terms of new releases and documentaries from major studios and also small independent outfits for American Airlines consideration based on several criteria. Mm -hmm. So they select uh, between five and 15, um, as I said, new releases and documentaries. This is for IFE. And uh, each month, the team at American Airlines gets together for a meeting that is several hours long to actually go into review all the documentation that SPAFX has provided them, uh, looking at the description, the cast, the intensity, as they call it, and any online ratings uh, that are available for these movies. Now, given that American Airlines has an agreement with Apple Music and also a lot of uh, studios to screen uh, movies and documentaries that have not been released for general streaming apps, um, sometimes they don't have a lot of online ratings available. So they don't have third-party ratings. So it's then based on um, the executives and employees at the IFE division of American Airlines to decide whether or not it's suitable to screen on board. So a lot of it is very, very subjective, but they believe they have the, um, the moxie, if you will, to know what's good for their customers. Um, they say comedies always do well, um, and they base that on the viewership for TV shows that are already on the IFE menu mm -hmm. and also uh, those trending at major uh, streaming providers like, I guess, YouTube TV or uh, Sling or whatever. Um, and they also found something very interesting that something that does not um, um, do well at the box office does very well in the air. And the example they gave was the Cats movie, which was the film adaptation of the Broadway musical. Is it Broadway or was it West End? Broadway. Okay. Um, that they did, that they claimed made way, had much more success in the air than it did on the ground. Um, and they maintained, again, no surprise, just based on my own personal experience of classics like uh, The Big Bang Theory, Modern Family, and uh, Friends continue to land in the top five most watched shows online, on board that aircraft. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And they ra they, the rationale they used is that um, some commercial flops were very popular in the air because it was somebody's opportunity to watch a movie they may have been too embarrassed to watch with their friends and or significant others on the ground, but they have the privacy on board a flight to watch what they wanted without having to feel any shame and or embarrassment. Apart from the person- Which makes- What are you watching? <laughs> it makes sense though. Yeah, it sort of makes sense yeah. to me, at least. So um, each month, about 30% of Americans um, IFE gets updated. And that's out of a total of about 675 hours of content on board an average aircraft. 
and American has um, over 800 aircraft to update. So um, once the IFE team, I know this is getting a little long, but um, I think it's worth it. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, once the IFE team at American Airlines decides on the films and or documentary and or shorts that they're going to screen in the future, uh, they give the onus back to Sparfax. And then what Sparfax does is that they upload the, uh, the raw files that they are provided from the studios into a whole series of um, IFEs, of screens. Because I'm sure most people are aware that screens on board aircraft differ widely depending on what cabin you are on. Right, they do. In, rather. For mm-hmm. economy, the screens are much smaller and for business class and premium cabins, they're much bigger and so on and so forth. So they make sure, first of all, that they are adapted and they show up well on the screens. The, um, the subtitles show up. There are no glitches, um, poster files and all that. And then once all that is screened uh, for, they have to adhere to American Airlines requirements of showing uh, um, content. For instance, there will be no plane crashes. Uh, There will be no signage for competing airlines. Um, Sex scenes are edited um, entirely or not completely. Heavily edited. Uh, You basically see they go into the bedroom and then they're finished. (laughs) <laughs> well, it depends on the airline. It depends uh, on the airline. I've never seen a sex scene in a plane. And I've, I've seen, seen it on and United. I've seen the shows outside that I'm like, but, well, well, where's the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, for instance, uh, pork or pigs, because that's a sensitive issue for the Jews and the Muslims. Hmm. Um, so all based on all those criteria, Sparfax essentially... Uh, edits the movie and then um, distributes several uh, flash drives to all the American Airlines hubs and uh, focus cities. And then over 10 to 15 days of the prior month, these uh, mechanics mechanically, I mean, sorry, physically upload these um, files onto the servers on board aircraft. It's 2021, they need to fix that. Well, hold on, let me finish. Um, The system then takes over and automatically includes these offerings um, for use on the first of every month. Now, a lot of the American Airlines aircraft are now equipped with this Viasat entertainment system. Mm -hmm. And now for those aircraft, typically the 787s and the 777s, um, that gets automatically updated uh, wirelessly. But um, they also have to respect American Airlines' push for diversity, um, and especially for heritage months like Women's History or Black History or LGBTQ Pride and all that sort of thing. So every month is a little bit different for the airline. Um, They also look at a lot of comments on social media. 
um, and they do a survey of um, post-flight downloads. Um, and uh, what downloads, what does that mean? Say that again, because they analyze for every flight, uh, what was what were the popular options that were oh, viewed okay. by Got passengers, which makes sense, mm -hmm. which makes sense. So um, I just thought this was such an interesting article. Yes, you sort of had an idea that a lot of work was involved when, when you get down to the specifics. I think it would be a tremendously interesting job to have. Mm, not really. I, so, used to, I used to work with a person on my old job. It gets boring. Because because basically yeah, okay. your job is to watch the movies. Yeah. <laughs> but for those people who enjoy watching movies. Well, yeah, but there are a lot of movies. Like, yeah, I know. I understand that. Yeah. And right. it's so I used to help on the other side of that. So I would oh. be the person who would go and update, get all the stuff for the website. Um, because okay. we, we used to list all the movies that are showing on the web on the on the website, which they still do. Um, okay. But I would work closely with the and and at, at Continental it was one person. So Is that a, right? Yep, it was one person, and it was interesting that they have wow a whole okay. team of people to do all that stuff. Yeah, and everything every time, and they would send us a file, and the file huh. would have um, all the electronically all the information that we can put on the website. Okay. So um, it, it, that's how I was like, oh, that's intriguing how um, how 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 they do. Yeah. Now, one thing I did find out, and I don't know if the article mentioned it, um, I don't know if it's still the case. Huh. Um, they pay based on the number of seats, not the number of watches. What do you mean by that? So if you have 200 seats on the plane, right. you pay for 200 views, even though- But uh, they pay who? Who pays who? Well, you have to pay the company that's getting, that's giving you all the, you have to pay the royalty on whatever you're watching. Yes, so, of, yes, 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 yes. So that's what American would pay. So, so Sparfox is just, a, is just a company, if I'm saying that right. It's just a company that puts all the content together based on the spec. But that's crucial, right? It is crucial. But, yeah, because they're the initial screeners. Uh, yeah, and see, at, at, when, at my uh, former position, we yeah. were the screeners. Because we, okay. would, and we would edit and we would tell them what we need and then they go. But would there be enough time, time in the day to do that? That's their job. But it was just the big movies okay. that came in. And also they had special movies that they couldn't show because back then you had screens, right? You had the big screens. Yeah, yeah. Main cabin. So you had specific movies that you could show in main cabin as opposed to the ones you could show on the smaller screen because like you said, you have- Yeah, that's true. Smaller screens. Yeah. And so you could watch- But those were just, that's right. Because those were just one or two movies per flight. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so those had to be specific movies. And then you had- you had like, here are the movies that are domestic, here are the ones that are international. Yeah, yeah. Here's the yeah. one that are South America, because South America had different movies than when you're into Europe. So uh, it was actually very, very uh, interesting um, how they did that. Yeah. So it's, it's because they also mentioned that American is about to start flights to Tel Aviv in Israel. Yeah. So they were going to start incorporating more um, Hebrew movies and also more information and uh, uh, material on with an Israel content. Yeah, and sometimes I, so, I, I mean, because I used to work close with the IFE person, whenever I get on a plane, um, sometimes you notice that the, the um, 
what you call that text at the bottom? Subtitles. The subtitles are cut off. Okay. It's, it's sometimes too low. And so you see in half of the words that you can't do the subtitles. Okay. And oftentimes when I fly, I will watch the subtitles because I like to watch Asian movies and, okay. uh, and they're all subtitled. And, yeah. and, and, and all the airlines have different, they do everything differently. Um, and they show different genres, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I always yep. like to fly international airlines because I get to see so much other movies. Than the yeah, movies. the documentaries. I don't, too, I, I don't know if you've noticed it. There is a sequence which everything is so out of whack now with COVID, because normally the 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 movie would go to this to the cinema, and uh, once it gets to, it would actually get on the airplane before it goes to. Well, I guess I was going to say videotape, but <laughs> I'm dating myself, right? Um, yeah, but the airlines would get it before it goes to a general release. Right. So basically available right. in all the streaming services and stuff like that. Because uh, American has a deal, did I mention this, with Apple TV? Yeah. So they get a lot of the content before it is available to, yeah. 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 And but I wonder now that you have Amazon, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's totally different now because you've got um, Disney, you've got Paramount, Paramount, right? Hulu, right. you got Apple TV, and so you have all that kind of. Yep. Stuff. Then, um, yep. yeah, it's it's very it's very very it's very very interesting how different how different that is. So, yeah, good. That's that's a good. But, thing. No, it was a really interesting article. Yeah. As I said, it was on the points guy. Uh, it was on March twentieth. Cool. Which which is not necessarily written, but I don't even think Brian writes anything more for it. Um, okay. Comes out of. Um, he talk about me, like yeah. me as an I. So it was in the singular. So I'm assuming he was the one who was given the. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, but... normally um, he doesn't write a lot of those articles. Okay. He has writers, and it, and it's funny when you look at it at the right under the points guy banner, it is usually say the writer or at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did see that, and I because it's normal. I don't remember the name. It's normally somebody else who mm. writes it. Uh, all right, where are we? British Airways. Dare I ask about the time? Uh, I've lost track. I don't even remember when we started. Uh, it's, we're like we're getting to two hours now, but that's because we. Started. No, no, no. That cannot be true. Can it? Yeah. But it's it's only because we started. Um, that's since we started. Anyway, anyway. All right. So do you want to go ahead? End this or? Uh, no, no, no. We got two more. We got two more on the air. Okay. All right. Um, so, British Airways, we talked about. Um, so, last week we talked about ANA falling in Singapore for the in flight meal thing. Yeah. Kushio thinks it's too expensive. <laughs> um, and so now. I said to Manon, I'm like, dude, look, British Airways is doing the same thing. So give us some details on that. Not one. cheap either. But it can't be. They have to, they have to make money, Kisha. I know that. I know that. And it's still but... cheap. It's, it's still cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Will you adopt me? If you think this is cheap. Oh, come on. So, okay, so, so how much? Okay, tell us how much it is. Okay. So British Airways. Um, <laughs> 
has been very active in doing a lot of these very unique sort of things to raise money in this pandemic era. Got to, right? Yeah. And we've talked about them at length over the past year. So the new thing they've started is that uh, they are now selling um, takeaway meals, um, four-course meals, um, as they call it, experience first-class dining at home uh, with a travel-inspired recipe box with first-class menus and ingredients. So they have partnered with a company, a delivery company called Feast Box in the UK and the caterer Doe & Co. Uh, Now, this is a big um, uh, airline catering company based in Austria. And uh, they also work with Nespresso and also with um, airlines like Turkish Airlines to manage their lounges. But they have now offering these four four course meals for 80 pounds, which is about 110 US dollars. Uh, for the pasta entree and a hundred pounds or about 135, 140 US dollars for, as they call it, beef cheeks in port wine juice. So I had to look up what juice was. And that is apparently a sauce that is um, uh, based on a meat juice. Mm. So it's a flavored uh, meat juice. Um, So they have, as I said, it's a four course meal. The starter is um, uh, lock fine shredded salmon timbal. I had to look up what that was as well. And that's a flaky, creamy pastry, baked dish. So it's a Scottish uh, smoked salmon dish. Um, There's, of course, the entree. Uh, The dessert is dark chocolate orange liqueur bread and butter pudding. For those of us who grew up with this, it's quite nice with vanilla sauce. Okay. And um, they also have four choices of English and Welsh Welsh cheeses that are included with crackers. So this is not a frozen entree. So all the ingredients come pre-prepared, but you actually have to put them together. And it's very similar to what I know we have here in the US. I couldn't tell you the exact companies that do this, but uh, you know what I mean, right? They supply you all the ingredients and all you have to do is assemble it for the meal. Yeah. So it takes between 45 and um, 50 minutes to prepare. Um, but the one good thing about this is that you get in a voucher for 10% off a British Airways flight, uh, a round trip BA flight, worth more than 275 pounds, which is about 380 US dollars. So any long haul um, uh, departure or any long haul booking more than pays for this because uh, price of the meal is about the price on the departure taxes for a long haul economy class flight out of London Heathrow. Or you could get a round trip um, Heathrow Venice flight, including a snack and water for the same price. Yeah, but, but I guess the vouchers expire after a year, right? Yeah, but I mean, you would expect that you would make a booking within a year. Mm. 
Right? <laughs> so it launched the week In of these March. Days, no. <laughs> this, this launches the week of March 29th. And for the first week of service, which is like now, you get a free bottle of um, what is called Hattingley Valley English Sparkling Wine for free, which is apparently exclusive to BA and served to first class passengers. They have 500 kits, these food kits available in the first week. Um, and they made a point of noting that um, all the packaging, the outer and the interior is recyclable, compostable and biodegradable. And the, most of the food is sourced from the UK and Ireland. So they don't have a lot of transport involved. Okay. Um, you can order this at feastbox.co.uk slash collections slash British Airways. Um, you have four choices, the smoked salmon with either beef cheeks and or um, handmade agnolotti, which is essentially a ravioli. Uh, you have a whole grain salad and beef cheeks or whole grain salad with uh, the agnolotti. So, so far, it's a sort of a limited meal option, um, but um, it has apparently met with a lot of success. Again, not a big surprise um, and much more affordable than dining on board at ANA 777, but still but pricey, at right? least in my book. There's no Asian food involved. There's no Asian food, no. Exactly. You can also but, go, if you go to britishairways.com slash feast box, um, you can get to it. So, but it does tell you that the offer is not available in your country. Okay. It's only in the UK. I believe. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But if you go to britishairways.com slash feast box, okay. enjoy our inflat dining experience in the air next time with your 10% discount, mm. which is interesting. Yeah, but it's only one per customer. So if you do multiple orders, you only get one 10% um, discount. So uh, here's my thing with these offers, right? And the marketing people, they always make it sour. Like they go in and really good offer, really good stuff. And you have all these dumb restrictions. Just let people get what they want. You're not losing 10%. You are gaining a customer. Right. And plus you have breakage in that thing anyway. And so, you know, not yeah. everybody who buy it is going to care. Right. Yes. Not everybody's going to use that 10% discount. Yeah. So don't, don't come with it all. Oh, it's only restricted to this and all that. It's like, no, just let people go and just let people enjoy it because you know, what's going to happen. Somebody's going to go, Oh, and then there's some agent on the phone. It's going to be like, well, it's the, the discount is not available. So now you've had a really nice customer with a really nice meal, really nice experience, and now they can't get their 10% discount and then they think BSO. Yeah, so it's, I don't, I don't know why the airlines don't learn this. Silly, 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 silly. You're always trying to nickel and dime your customers, stop it. So it, it, it's a good offer. I mean. Not my ideal menu. I know people are going to get mad. If they even care. No, it's not my type of food either. If they had Jamaican food now, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> but British Airways of all people should have, all airlines should have included other choices, like Asian. 
I don't know. They, maybe they don't have a diversity consultant on their, on their staff. <laughs> you know, as much as this so, is okay, they don't think that way. That's so funny. Um, all right. These, these, these people just don't think. Well, uh, they did think. They just didn't think far enough. Maybe in our subjective opinion. No, it's like they, they, they just don't. You, you really have, especially in these days, you really have to think about that. Um, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just really- but Maybe they were targeting a different audience, right? Who don't like non-British food. I don't know. Which is odd for British Airways, which is sure. what the sure. world's favorite airline, according yeah. to their own tagline. So they should have thought about having um, other foods that maybe it'll come and come later. Maybe. Well, no, I, I can't tell because um, the website says it's not available for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like the NA thing, though, right? Remember, I wanted to see what yeah, was available. Domestic, yeah. Uh, so. That's right, buddy. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because. They can't deliver it to me. But, but one, again, one of the things that these airlines forget about is don't be stupid. Um, what if I wanted to buy this for a friend in the UK? Then you can't let me do it. So you, you, yeah. could, you could structure it so that I can see it and I can yes. buy it. Um, but the delivery address, of course, has to be in the UK, in right? The UK, yeah. um, but don't stop me from giving you money. Just don't think. Um, because you know what it is, they're like, oh, we get enough. We're, we're going to get enough from the UK people anyway, because the UK is on lockdown. Everybody wants to travel. Yeah. Uh, okay. But good on BA for trying this. Yeah, no, I mean, pay hey, anything to, to get a little money into the door. Um, by the way, what are they going to do? Want, if they want me to sample it, I am more than willing. I'm sorry. You have to get to the UK. But, um, <laughs> this is true. But... Maybe, Moving ahead. Maybe they won't let you have to quarantine if you go. That's true. Yes. <laughs> change their rules. Uh, it, it was so funny. I keep saying that you, the C, when I read the CDC thing, I'm like, well, nobody was quarantined in any way. You know? Okay, TikTok. Time. Uh, it, it's okay. We're on a time. No, budget. no. We could talk forever, Kishore. No, just kidding. All right. So we got one more in the airline. Okay. So, and uh, so, which one is this? Finnair, because you know I have my Finland um, national theater in the background there. God, I think I was with you, Kush. It was twenty-five degrees when we went to Helsinki. It was too cold. Um, but anyway, what are they doing um, in terms of a so, Nordic airframe manufacturer? Is there such a thing? Yes, yes, there is. And I had no idea till I read this article. Yeah, and this was on the Finnair, um, the company, the, the media news on the 25th of March. So um, Finnair signed a letter of intent, which is typical when airlines order new aircraft. Yeah. With um, an aircraft called the ES-19, which is actually a rather good-looking four-engined electric prop aircraft. Um, just to give you an idea what it looks like, um, it looks like um, a Dash 7. I don't know if you remember what that is. Um, a four, it, Dash 7 was a four-engined um, 
de Havilland aircraft, but it also looks like an ATR, but with a 787 styled nose and with winglets on the, t- on the wings. Oh. It actually looks quite sharp, I think. Well, if you copied all the nice things from every other plane, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a 19-seat electric aircraft that is being manufactured by a Gothenburg, Sweden-based um, manufacturer called Hart Aerospace. That's not a very inspiring name, but maybe that's just me. So um, they want to buy 20 of these planes um, for use on their short haul um, services within Finland. Um, The aircraft, this is the surprising bit. The aircraft is expected to be available for commercial flights in 2026, which is really not that far away. And it has a range of about 400 kilometers. So it's about 250 miles. Oh, okay. Um, so it's part of Finna's commitment to halve its emissions, its carbon dioxide emissions by uh, 2025 and become carbon neutral in 2045. Uh, and they, the way they want to do this is with improved fuel, efficient, fuel efficiency, reduced aircraft weight, combining modes of transport, um, emissions exchange and uh, sustainable aviation fuels. The interesting part about this is that this is the first international interest this uh, manufacturer has received because already SAS, um, Vidara uh, and Brathens have signaled um, interest in purchasing this aircraft. Okay, that makes so sense. Finland becomes the first foreign um, prospective client. All right, but they're all Nordic. So what do you mean? They're foreign? all Nordic. Yes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the North so, has to protect the North. That's how it works. But it really is a good-looking plane, I think. Yeah, that to try to. It's find the it. ES19 from Hart Aerospace. What's it called? Hart. The ES19. Yes, 19. Okay. Yeah from Harter Aerospace. Because everybody's making a plane now. Yes, yes. Huh. That's very cool. So. Uh, all righty. All right, Kusha, at some point we're gonna have to go flying you now. I know. N- n- now all that right, we- so are we done for this episode? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no. I've gotten, I got some feedback. Let me find uh, my buddy sent some stuff. Okay, he says, um, in episode 72, we talked about that Qantas was doing surprise flights. Mm. And he says, um, our travel agency had a similar thing. Instead of buying a package vacation, in Cuba, Rhine Valley, or Vietnam, you could purchase a surprise vacation. They would Where was this base? Where was this out of? In Canada. Okay. Yeah, they would pick the number of days you want to go and hope they don't take you to Davenport, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of cool that that, you know, that that kind of concept has been out there for a little while. Um, and he sent another... They have to tell you, right? To pack and dress appropriately? Uh, well, yeah. 
but you know okay. if it, yeah if it's a complete surprise then you're just like yeah okay just just tell me what tell me what documents i need tell me how to dress and uh and how much money yeah. I bring and let's go um there wow, was a, that's a good idea it is right so he sent me a link to it this is huh. And I probably should have looked at it before that you, you, you wouldn't be able to look it up. This of one course. talks about uh, run, runway dining at $540 a meal, proving a hit in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the ANA one. Um, it is the ANA one, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's too funny. So but we'll go. <laughs> $540, that's not a bad deal. And of course, they show a kid in the first class seat eating. A yes, meal. I saw that. I saw that. Oh, yes. that's too funny. Uh, so Kush, Kush, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. No, I think it's a bad thing. No, five hundred and forty dollars to sit in a first class seat. It costs that much just to clean the seat. <laughs> Probably with with all the stuff that they have, all the chemicals they have to use in the plane, right? Uh, oh, so. and this reminds me when I saw this thing, uh, you were talking about um, American. You know, the first before they go into the IFE. No. Um, up in the air, I never saw up in the air until. What is up in the air? So that's the movie with George Clooney, where he flies all over the place and he fires people. That's his job. And oh like, yes, I saw that. Well, the airline that he was flying in was American, and so none of the other airlines had it because. No, it, that's not true because I saw it on board. Did you? Yes, I saw it. I did not see it on board. I know United never had it, at least for a long while, long while. No, I saw it on board. Yeah, because I I wanted to see it and it took me long. Every plane I went on, they never had it except on American because it was actually all about American Airlines. So I was surprised you actually saw it on an an airplane. That's a movie that I I watched on board that I never would have gone to in a theater. Uh, well, right, but I, I think I saw it on, it wasn't Netflix, it was some other streaming. Okay, no, I, I know I saw it on board. Yeah, because okay. I couldn't find it on a plane, except American. Okay. Um, maybe you were flying American. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because uh, uh, the reason why the other airlines wouldn't show it, because it, it's an American Airlines commercial, in essence. But I didn't even, well, if I... Oh yeah, it was apparently was not the target right. audience because I missed that completely. How could you have missed that, Christian? That was the whole point of the movie that he was. See, a- I'm amazed at all these people who rec- who remember lines from movies. I couldn't uh, even yeah. tell you one line from a movie I watched I yesterday. But if it's something like this, I'm like, yes, come on. The 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 biggest line I remember from a movie is that it's it's a mad mad world. They ever seen that? Okay. Ages and ages ago. Uh, such a good movie. So my best scene in this movie is when the guy dies at the beginning. I'm, I'm giving it away. But anyway, it's an old movie. It's been around. Spencer Tracy, uh, Ethel Merman, Mickey Rooney, etc. Okay. Um, and at the, in the beginning, which is what kicks off the story, this guy dies. And they're like, he's not dead yet. He hasn't kicked the bucket. And then they showed you his foot and he kicked the bucket and then he died. <laughs> you remember this movie called If It's Tuesday, This Must Be Belgium? No, I have not seen that movie. <laughs> Why I thought of that all of a sudden? Uh, that, but there was Tuesdays with Maury. 
I don't know. I never heard of that. Is that? Um, that was actually a really sad movie. Is a I think it was a lady who was going in. I'm gonna okay. say the wrong premise now. Okay, we're getting hopelessly um, distracted here. Yeah, but but it's a good distraction because what we should do, we should talk, we should dedicate one episode to airplane movies or movies. I would be a bad choice for that. Oh no, dude, really? Yeah. What's your favorite movie with an airplane? I couldn't tell you. Really? No, I couldn't tell you. Oh, dude, my favorite. Like since you don't have one, my favorite is the. Um, I was thinking. Planes, trains, and automobile. I don't know if I've seen that. You've not, Kusha. All right. I know that's an old movie. It's an old. I don't watch a lot of movies. Honestly, I only see movies on planes. Well, that that that's a good one. Yeah, but I can't. Andy and um, what's the name of the dude with the gray hair? Steve. Don't look at me. Uh, Steve. Um. Oh my God, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Martin. Steve Steve Martin. Thank you. Oh, it is. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So they're okay. both in that movie and it, it's set around Christmas and it's about um, airplanes getting canceled. Um, definitely. Okay. And they literally took planes, trains and automobile. You need to watch that movie, Kisha. That's your assignment so we can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it, is All right. like, it is funny beyond like funny. Um, but anyway, we digress and I'm blabbing again. So thank you guys for listening to episode 76, right? Um, and remember, we are on, uh, we're everywhere. So um, just check us. But we need your review. We need your comments. Please send your comments in and let us know how we're doing. Um, and also, and I know you're downloading the episodes because I can see the numbers. Uh, so, and since I'm not hearing anything, that means that we're doing okay. Because I know if we were doing okay, you would tell me that, I'm, that we're sucking, but I guess we're not. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate that. And um, I'm signing off with my buddy. Push Have a good one.